morning, saints. Good morning. Today's scriptural reading is found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Elmo. Amen. What? That's kind of a tough scripture to swallow, isn't it? It says, if you forgive others, then the Lord will forgive you. But, these buts in there, you know, but if you don't forgive others, the Lord won't forgive you. Let us pray. <laughs> Father, thank you for bringing us together. We thank you, Lord God, that we can have clarity in your word and what you're trying to convey to us. Lord, guide my mouth and my heart to speak only the things that you want your people to hear. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen. Well, this is a really a daunting scripture, and there's much discussion on this about whether this means that you won't be saved or whether... It means that you don't have all the provisions and the benefits of living in the kingdom of God. What are, what are the benefits? That we're forgiven of our sins, we have prayers that are being answered, we have provisions supplied, and we have our health restored. These are good benefits. We want to be on the good side of the Lord, don't we? So whether it's for salvation or for just His benefits, regardless, the Bible says to forgive others. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> now, it doesn't say try to forgive others. What does it say? Just forgive others. Yes. You, you know when people say, I'll try to be there? What does that mean? Eh, I don't really think they're going to make it. <laughs> so when you say, I'll try to forgive someone, you're not really forgiving them. No. We had one lady that was uh, involved with another lady, and they had a little discussion, and they couldn't kind of get over it. And so, uh, you know, we were together, and I asked them to forgive one another, and so one person forgave, they both forgave each other, but the one person in Bible study would keep bringing up the whole series, the whole situation. I mean, the other person was in the back of the room, and this other person raised her hand, Pastor Chuck, what, what do you think about blah, 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 she told the whole story, and the other person's kind of squeak, you know, in the back seat, kind of like squirming around, and so I went to the, the one that was offended, I said, did you forgive her? I'm trying to forgive her. I go, you either you do or you don't. You got to make up your mind. Amen. And so she said, well, she said she forgave me, but she didn't, she wasn't real sincere about it. I go, you got to just take it for what it is. If she said she was, she forgave you, go on, move on. Amen. Don't get hold, hold, hold back by that. But you know, forgiveness begins in your heart. You want to please God, so you want to do the things that he's called you to do, to forgive. And it's a good thing to forgive people. Why? Why you say that, Pastor Chuck? Because then you're being like Jesus. What did he do? He came to forgive us of our sins. He told people, your sins are forgiven. Amen? And one lady, he said, your sins, though they be many, are forgiven. 
How many of you got many sins? Amen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we want God to forgive us. So the Bible says that we should be rejoiced and exceedingly glad when we're doing the things of the Lord. When men speak evil of you, rejoice because the spirit of the Lord and the glory of the Lord comes upon you. In other words, when you do what God wants you to do, his spirit comes and helps you and backs you up. And you'll feel his presence and you'll know God is with me. Amen? Amen. So forgiveness is at the core of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. He came to forgive us of all of our sins. Amen? Amen. So we have to have an attitude. So what is forgiveness? You want the definition? Yes. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> definition of forgive. To relieve someone of the burdens of their offense. Not to hold them to a charge. To let something go. To release a debt that's owed to you. Bottom line, in Italian, it's forget about it, you know? Let it go, all right? Move on. Don't hold on to it. If you hold it on to it, it's like dragging a dead body around with you, you know? How can you move ahead when you got all this past behind you? Let it go, let it go, let it go. I like what Smith Wigglesworth said one time. He was walking down the street. He was a famous evangelist. And somebody pickpocketed his money and started running away with it, his wallet. And he started running after him. He said, you didn't steal that from me. I gave it to you. <laughs> so whenever somebody takes something from you, just say, you know, I'm, I'm, give, I'm donating that to you as a gift. Praise God. So you, you, may, you may not forget about it completely. But when you forgive someone, the sting of it is gone. You can remember what they did, but, you know, that's their problem. You know, that's what, that's what happened to them in their life. And, and, and I can remember my own life. I look pretty happy up here, but, uh, you know, I've, I've had my troubles, I've had my burdens, I've had my problems. <laughs> let it go, let it go. I have a remembrance, but the pain isn't there, because God always works things out together for your good. My wife and I were at a church for 18 years, hallelujah, glory to God, I thought I was going to die there, but... We got a new pastor in town, and he came in. He said, we're going to change some things around here. We're going to reach the nation. We're going to be popular. We're going to be famous. I want to be on the cover of Charisma magazine. Amen? I wanted just to help the people and love the people and bring them into, you know, nurture and admonition of the Lord. So we clashed a little bit. So he came, and he told me, well, you know, uh, Sister Marianne and Pastor Chuck, I think it's time for us to separate. And I said, really? <laughs> and so we left, and I thought that would be the worst thing that ever happened. How could, how could they refuse a man of God like myself? But it actually worked out for my good. I went to Kaiser. I worked at Kaiser, and then I also had a part-time job at another church. So now I have a pension from Kaiser, met a lot of nice people there, and I have full, full benefits for the rest of my life. If I hadn't gone there, I would have had no benefits. So then we went to a church. The Lord provided us for a church, and I was working there. Things were going along fine, and Marianne's brother was going to a real big church, and he said, uh, he told the pastor about me, and so he said, we need him on staff. I go, okay. So we went and re-interviewed, and they liked us, and we were getting everything set up. They even introduced us to the whole congregation. Well, praise God. I finally arrived, okay. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> You know, kind of like, like David when he was in the, in the sheepfold. You know, God came and said, you know, I'm going to promote you. So I thought this was it. So we went there. We said a few words to the people. We sat down. 
And that week, the pastor called me, Richard, and he said, you know, how did things go? I go, I thought they went pretty good. He goes, not so much. He goes, the people are actually scared of you two. You guys have just too much charisma. You're too spirit-filled. We need to put you at a different church where you can just flourish, you know, in your own way. I go, okay. So then we went to uh, New Heart Foursquare Church in a community center for 12 years. (laughs) Come on, talk to me. Some of you remember that, when we had to set up the chairs, and we were on the wood floors, and when somebody got up, you could hear them walk across the wood floor. They slammed the doors. The kids were in the closet. We made a makeshift children's church. Yes, but God (laughs) delivered us, and we've been here for five years. He opened up the door, so I'm so glad that God does good things for us. Amen? So what... What the devil meant for harm, God turned around for good. Amen? And that's what you have to realize. Wherever you're at, maybe you're not where you want to be, know that God is going to take you to the place where you should be. Don't grow weary. Don't give up. Don't grow weary in well-doing. We're going to talk about a guy named Joseph who had the same problem. He was stolen from his father's house and for 13 years was in Egypt serving an ungodly pharaoh in Potiphar, and Potiphar, but the God raised him up. So we're going to find out about that. But you, at some point in your life, come on, talk to me. You're, you're going to have someone dish you out some pain and betrayal and evil that makes you realize that forgiveness is not always that easy. Somebody's going to take your money. Somebody's going to say some bad things about you. Some people are going to cause you headache and heartache, and you are going to have to forgive them. You're going to have to find out that this Christianity is not just something that you read, but it's something that you have to do. And so some people may give you evil, malicious, low-down, repeat offense, but you have to still say, I'm going to forgive and let God raise me up. Can I get an amen? Amen. So we've heard some great testimonies even these last couple of weeks where people have actually given gifts to people that they were, prior to that, enemies to. Because God can reverse a person's heart. They can change your heart by your goodness and by your love that you reach out. Just like Jesus. You know, when I was... 30 years old when I accepted Jesus, for, for real, for realsies, you know. And, and, but for a long time, 10 years, I just kind of just did my own thing. But God wasn't mad at me. He was waiting for me. And when he came, he didn't say, well, it's about time. <laughs> Where you been? What you been doing? Now I need to put you, you know, in slavery or whatever. But no, he said, come, 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 and let me give you some great things that I have planned for you. Amen? Now, in a relationship... There will come a time when you have to forgive someone. I know sometimes my wife gets unhappy with me. Why? I don't know. I just go and do my life, and then she'll catch me and say, now, why did you do that? What, what were you thinking? I go, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't thinking, huh? So always what I used to do is just try to get her to laugh a little bit. And it takes the tension away, you know. And, and, and so one day, you know, when we were having the pandemic and we were in lockdown, we uh, did some videos for the kids, and we sent them out to them so that they could see them on YouTube and Facebook. And so we had a little skit that we did with a guy named Ernie. Ernie, you want to meet Ernie? Yes. Okay, Ernie's right here. <laughs> Ernie's from Monticello. Yeah. 
<laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> well, welcome, Ernie. Uh, don't I need a, a microphone? No, you don't need a microphone because I am talking and you are moving your lips. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, now, but what if I did this? No, we're supposed to work as a team. You know, I talk and you move your lips. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so <laughs> what, what I did, what we did is, you know why we're here? And what, yeah, I know. Because we were going to talk about when you were bad to Lucy in school. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I don't want to talk about it. No, listen. We, this is what happened. Remember? Tell, us, tell him what happened, okay? Oh, yeah, I was a bad boy. I really was. I, made a, I, was, I was mean to Lucy. I tied her ponytails to the back of the chair. <laughs> and, that's bad. Yeah, I know. And then you hit her lunch, right? Yeah, I hit her lunch. <laughs> I, I gave it to her, though, finally. Okay, so, but what did, what did she have to do? I had to go tell her that I was sorry. I was a bad boy. I'm so sorry. And, and, and did she forgive you? Yeah, she forgave me. Why did she do that? Well, she said, if God forgave her, then she should forgive me. I said, well, that's good. That's good. That's, that's wonderful. So, so now you guys are friends. Yeah, we're friends. We're not girlfriend, boyfriend, but you know, we're, we're just friends in the Lord. You know? Well, that's good. Well, I'm glad. I hope everybody you know, learns from that. Yeah, I hope so too, because I'm tired of saying you know, I'm sorry all the time. So. <laughs> so you've been good ever since, have you? No, I still mess up a little bit, but you know, I still go to that if any man commits sin, you know, God is... Uh, faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins. So uh, I'm going with that. Okay, very good, Ernie. So uh, uh, hand clap, please, please, applause. All right. Amen. <laughs> I, I did that for you so you could be awake, okay? But there's a point to it because, like I said, sometimes I'd be doing stuff and I'm moving at a fast pace and I'm not keeping track of everything. And so my wife would have to say, well, no, no, Dad, why did you do that? I don't know. And so my son would be on the couch, and he would say, Dad, do Ernie. i go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Will you forgive me? <laughs> she says, I can't refuse that voice, you know? <laughs> so she laughs, and we forget about it, and we move on. So now I've done this a few times. And, and so now I'm running out of, you know, grace. So I'm going to have to come up with a different puppet. So... <laughs> And a different voice so that I can, you know, get forgiveness. Now, we're going to look at a real example in the Bible about how someone had to forgive their brothers. And, well, just only brothers. Joseph, he had 11 brothers and 10 of them hated him. Can you imagine? The Bible says they couldn't even speak peaceably to him. Anybody have any brothers like that? where you, you, you can't even talk to, they won't talk to you, you won't talk to them, and it's been years and years and years. Well, there's a reason for Joseph, because he, his father gave him a coat of many colors and said, now you be overseeing of your brothers, and let me know when they're messing up and when they're goofing off, and you come tell me. So that's what he would do. He snitched on him. Anybody have any brothers that snitch? I hear one, one, brother, one father was telling me, yeah, they, they snitch. my two sons, they snitch on each other. Ooh, I'm going to tell Dad on you. You remember those stories? Now, my sister and I, we got along perfectly well. Why? She did everything I asked her to do. That's, you know, that's the that's secret. But she would cover for me. 
I was supposed to be babysitting her in the house. I'd be playing basketball next door with my friend in his backyard. And when mom called, she would, t- she would knock on the window, phone. And so I'd hop the fence, go over, hi, mom, how's everything? <laughs> Are you home with your sister? Yes, of course. And so uh, we did this for many, many years. Uh, my mom probably never knew about it. She probably knew about it, but she, at least I was in the vicinity. But we didn't, we didn't snitch on each other. Now, when I married my lovely wife, Marianne, her brother, she had three brothers that teased her all the time, constantly teasing her. You know, three boys that knew how to cut. And so when we got married, she said, well, you know, I don't like teasing too much. In fact, you know, if, you know, I had such a bad past with my brothers, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't tease me. And I said, well, that kind of takes away 80% of my personality right there. <laughs> But I'll try. I'll t- no, don't try. I'll do it. Amen. <laughs> so going back to Joseph. So uh, his brothers went to Shechem, which is 50 miles away. And they were goofing off. They were taking care of the sheep. And so the dad says, Jacob says, go check on your brothers. So as he was walking to see them, guess what they said? Here comes that little dreamer. That one that said that we're going to bow down before him. Let's take him, throw him down a pit, let's, uh, and kill him, and let some, uh, let's tell the dad some animal got him. And so they're sitting there, and they got him in the pit, and they're, the Bible says they're eating lunch and listening to Joseph cry out, Hey, Reuben, Judah, help me. And they were deaf to his ears. That's hard-hearted, right? Could you pass the mustard, Reuben, please? Yes, thank you very much. You know, can I have another slice of bologna, please? No. And, and, and so <laughs> Joseph had to go through this. But Judah finally says, you know what? Why are we going to kill him? Let's sell him to some people that are some raiders that are coming by, and they can, we'll sell him into slavery. We'll make some money on it. So they sold him into slavery. He got ripped from his father's house. For 13 years was in Potiphar's house, and uh, he, he didn't give up. He had a dream. God showed him a dream. If you have a dream, don't give up on your dream. Know that God will bring it to pass, but sometimes you have to go through some things to get to that dream. Amen? Amen. So, he, uh, so he went, and uh, he, he was in uh, Potiphar's house, and Potiphar had the hots for him, so she was after him, and he ran away. The Bible says, flee fornication. What? What did I say? Potiphar's wife. Yeah. Let's bring... <laughs> Amen. There's a statement in there, okay? <laughs> Potiphar's wife was after him, she, and he ran away. And uh, so she grabbed his coat, and she held on to it, and she said, look what this man, this slavery man that came from, you know, wherever he came from, look what he's trying to do to me. And he threw him in jail, and he was in jail for at least two years. You would think, when would Joseph, like, say, what about the dream? What about the dream that my father and, and my brothers are going to bow down before me? I got slowed in, uh, uh, sold into slavery. Now I went to prison. I'm doing all the right things. What's going on here? But finally they raised him up. And he, the, the pharaoh said, we, oh, the butler said, I heard this guy that's in prison, he can interpret dreams. And Pharaoh had a dream, so they said, bring him on. And so they shaved him and got him all cleaned up and said, he didn't come in and say, you know what? <laughs> I've been down there for a long time. Well, I, I, where were you guys? No, he said, I, I will interpret the dream for you. 
And it was going to be seven days of uh, feasting and then seven days of famine. And so uh, Pharaoh promoted him to be second in command. He didn't worry about anything. The only thing he worried about is what he was going to eat. That's complete trust. That guy had an administrative um, talent. And so uh, his brothers came back. And, you know, they, they would be, they, they were looking for some food. Oh, I know, I forgot, what, I forgot one little part here. Nothing is mentioned in the Bible about Joseph complaining or murmuring or questioning God. Can we say that same thing? Okay. But here's what he said. Here's what he called the names of his sons when he had sons. Ephraim, which means God has made me forget all my hardship and all that were at my father's house. And then Manasseh was his other son, and that means God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. It wasn't pleasant days for him. Do we go through some heartaches at times, at night? We wonder, God, what are you taking me through? What am I going through here? Why isn't the dream being realized in my life? So, as it, as it goes, the brothers came back, and they said, you know, uh, I know you're second in command here. We need some, some food, some bread for our families. And so Joseph, instead of being mean to them, I mean, what would you do? Your brothers finally came back after 13 years of mistreating you and being in a land that were separated from your father all these years. Wouldn't you be, like, vengeful? Wouldn't you like say, hey, I told you, you guys were going to bow down to me. Now you're here, so voila, you know. Why don't you guys go in the pit for a couple of days and see how that feels, all right? (laughs) But he didn't. He didn't. He told them, he says, you know, you don't have to worry. I'm going to take care of you and your children. But he wept. He wept. He, He went outside. He wept four times for his brothers because it was heartbreaking to him that his brothers would come and the dream was really realized and that he, had to, he wanted to forgive them and he loved them so much. And so he cried. Amen? Real men cry, okay? Amen. Amen. So then he said, the next slide says that he gave to his brothers and his father. And he said, come, there's going to be more years of famine. I want you to be with us. And so they came and they spent time together. Now, what does that, what does that have to do to, for you, for us? We're going to talk about the anatomy of forgiveness. Are you ready for this? Okay. Slide 54 says, here's the four things. Decide not to operate in your anger. You might have to have some difficult uh, discussions with somebody. And stop disclosing it to everyone that's around. You know those people, right? How long has it been since that happened? Oh, about 10, 10, 15 years ago. Please. And pray for them and put them in the hands of God. That's what Joseph had to do. So number one, let's go through these. The first one is your deliberate decision to release or let go from the anger that you feel towards someone. Let it go. Let that anger go. Don't let it be a part of you, right? I'm not going to, you have to say to yourself, I'm not going to let that hurt control me. I'm not going to let that pain control me. I'm not going to let my feelings dictate the way I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to let what I feel change what God has said that I'm supposed to do. Praise God. So anger puts you in a place where you can act any way you want. You ever ever feel that way? They wronged me, so I'm going to talk back to them and do what they did to me. 
We find that in the market, right? In the marketplace, somebody's rude to you, you just be rude back. That's the way, you know, that's natural. That's what I do. But that's not the way God wants us to do. So the first step is to let not your, do not operate in anger. And now, here's the funny thing. You, don't, you can't wait for them to apologize. You, they may never apologize. Joseph's brothers never apologized. In fact, they, when he said, Joseph asked them, well, where are your brothers? And they, talked, they told all about, all about them. And they mentioned Joseph. Ah, Joseph's not here. They didn't say we killed him. We didn't say we tricked our fathers. No, he didn't say They didn't say anything. They never apologized. You know those people that never apologize? What are you going to do? Make them apologize? Get down and put your foot on your, uh, their neck and say, now you better say you're sorry. You'd be waiting a long time. Amen. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> you can't let what's wounded you be what dictates how you're going to be. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So now the second thing is forgiveness may, not, may require a difficult discussion with someone. You just, sometimes you just can't let it go. You have to talk to them. But you don't have to be ugly about it. Huh. Amen? You don't have, you, there's ways of doing it, and I've got some, some steps and points to remember in solving conflicts. Are you ready for them? I have these in the back, so if you can't write them down, you can get them in the back. Let's look at these. Points to remember in solving conflicts. First, have I forgiven the person before entering into the discussion? You have to clear your heart. You've got to get your heart right. You can't have animosity. Otherwise, it'll come up in your speech, in the way you talk to someone. And are you able to apologize even though you think that you're right? We always think that we're right. Why would we act? We always think that we're doing the right thing. Nobody does anything wrong, not in this church, right? <laughs> How could we possibly be wrong? Amen. Am I going in peace? The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. Are you going in peace? Are you giving the other person respect? R-E-S-P-C-T, find out what it means to me. You have to respect the person, right? They have their views. Maybe their views are wrong, but they have their views. Listen to them. Express the situation without attacking or blaming. We know that doesn't work, right? You know what you did? I'm going to tell you what you did, okay? You messed, you messed me up, okay? <laughs> well, maybe they didn't intend to. Next one is, don't accuse or judge. You may miss their intent. Maybe they weren't trying to be mean. Maybe they weren't trying to put you in a bad spot. Don't jump to conclusions. You might not have all the facts. Okay, here's another one. Let the other person express themselves completely. Sometimes it's hard to listen to someone that's going through all the things that they are experiencing with you. They're talking about how you did this and how it made them feel and all that. Okay, all right. But you have to listen to their side of the story. Don't display discouraging behavior, your body language. The folding of the arms, the rolling of the eyes. Oh, yeah, okay, here we go again. You can't, that's not good, right? You have to listen attentively. What does that mean? Truly listen to them. Listen to their heart. Listen to what they're saying. And because you want to make peace. You're not trying to push your point. You're trying to find a common ground where we can say how we can be together. Praise God. Don't raise your voice. I'm not raising my voice. Yeah, I, I, I think you are. <laughs> Some people just have loud voices, right? Yeah. And when they get excited, it's like echoing. <laughs> I'm not mentioning anybody in the room here. 
you know, my, my, my wife and my son have, have loud voices, and they, they could be downstairs talking about something. I can be upstairs, and I can hear the whole conversation, and they're just talking. So I'll come downstairs, and, and Marianne will say, well, tell Dad what we were saying. I, I, I know already. You don't even have to tell me. <laughs> but if we're in the room, like last night I was on the, on the computer, and my son came in, he was excited. He goes, hey, Dad, you know, I want to tell you. I go, please, please, you know, put down the megaphone. Let's just, let's just talk. lower the decibels, okay? <laughs> so don't, you may not know you're raising your voice when you're talking to your kids, right? But they can feel it, and they can understand, they can they can know what's happening. So go in with an attitude of we are both going to be happy when we leave. You have to figure out, how can I make this work out where people are happy after they go? I told the story about um, the first pastor. Uh, there was a lady that was in, uh, she was in the waiting room. She was going to go talk to the pastor, and she was fuming. She was mad. She was hot. She was going to him, tell him off, you know. And I'm going, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> you know, I'm going to see what's going to happen here. And, and so the, she went in, and they were in there for about a half an hour, and she came out. She was laughing. They were joking. I go, what happened? He said, you just have to make peace. You have to go in there and know that you're going to leave happy. You're going to touch their heart. You're going to get on the same wavelength, and God is going to be glorified. Praise God. And so the last thing is, Speak with the voice of the Lord in your hearts. Have gracious words. Let it be the Lord that's speaking through you, not your own hurt or your own anger. Amen? Amen. 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 You got that? So I have those, that list in the back for those that want to follow it. Okay, number three, decline to disclose the offense to others. You need to stop talking about it. We don't want people just to keep talking about what happened. I know... My relatives, Italians have a, have a real case of holding uh, offense to someone for years. Sometimes they even forgot why they were mad at the person. They didn't invite him to the wedding or something happened, you know, and they, they were upset. So I know when we went back, when I was a young boy, I went back there and they said, yeah, it was nice that you came because I brought us together because we haven't talked to each other for like 10 or 12 years. I go, what are you guys mad about? I, we don't know. We, we don't know. But we just don't like them anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to stop talking about what you don't like about that because it can permeate your conversation. Whenever Joseph was talking to his brothers, you know what he did? He took them aside away from Pharaoh so he could discuss the matter because if he talked about it in front of Pharaoh, Pharaoh was for Joseph, he would have had him killed. He said, I'm not going to put you guys in arm's way. I love you. I'm going to talk about it privately. Praise God. And the last thing is, determine that the destiny of the offender is in the gracious hand of the Lord. Joseph said, am I God that I can judge you? What you meant for evil, God turned around for good. So if people offend you, if people do you wrong, know that God's going to make it work out for your good. Just like for me, you know, we had to leave one church. We had the left foot of fellowship. You know, nice, yeah. There's the door. Don't let it hit you, you know. <laughs> but it was funny because when I left, about 300 people also left. They said, if Pastor Chuck is leaving, something is wrong. And that church has folded since. The pastor got caught in sexual sin, and he had to, you know, step down, and the church folded. 
But if I would have stayed there, I would have been hung out to dry. But God saved me, protected me, and put me in a place where I could flourish. So whatever you're going through, someone may fire you on your job. Some people may give you a hard time. No, God has a place for you. He's going to put you where you're going to be uh, doing his will forever and ever. Amen? Amen? So you don't want to, when you pray for someone, you don't belittle them. You don't say, you know, Lord, just get them, okay? Vengeance is yours, saith the Lord. You know, get them, make them pay. No, you pray that the Lord would bless them and give them a, a clean heart and a good heart and a, and a right spirit with on the inside of them. Bless them in all that they do, Lord. Amen? And as you do these four things, what are they? Decide not to operate in anger. You have, to decide, you have to make the decision. It's a choice. Am I going to be mad? Am I going to hold on to this or not? Secondly, you might have to have a difficult discussion with them, but talk with, you know, good words. Know how to have a forgiving heart when you go in. Stop disclosing it to everybody. Stop telling everybody, did you know what so-and-so did? Oh, I am so mad. Oh, my. Sit down. Let me tell you. <laughs> And after you tell them the whole story, the other person's mad at the other person, too. They heard one side of the story, and then they're mad. You know, my wife had that uh, situation where when we were first married, she would go and tell her mom all the things that she thought I had done wrong. You notice that? How she thought I had done wrong. So her mom was, like, kind of mad at me because she, she, she said, you're not treating my daughter. She never said it to me, but she said, you're not treating my daughter right. But... You know, she didn't know that after a couple of days we made up and everything was fine, but her mom was still stuck in that, well, you know, you're not treating my daughter right. So as time went on, I was able to get in her good graces, her mom's good graces. And one of, it, one of the times it was is when she was taking a class, online class, a Bible class, and she had to fill out a questionnaire about her life and how she felt about certain scriptures and she didn't know how to fill them all out. She, didn't, she was like a personal person. She didn't want to display it. And I go, I'll, I'll, I'll fill it out for you. I know you pretty well. And I would write it on down. She goes, hey, yeah, that's right. That's exactly how I feel. And so we kind of got a bond together. And so it erased all the prior uh, situations. But you need to stop disclosing it because you're going to make the other person hate the person that you're talking about. Right. And you might get it all cleared up. But they're still holding on to it. You know, I, I can't tell you the times that people talk to me about somebody and I felt like saying, well, you don't know. You just don't know what they're about, but I have to hold my tongue. I don't want to, you know, speak disparagingly of their reputation. You know, I hear, I hear about stories. I hear about things. I'm going like, mm. I can't say it. All right. So you have to hold your tongue, right? Yeah. Amen. Okay, it says, pray for them and put them in the hands of God. What better place to put them but in the hands of God? Not in your hands, because in your hands you want to wring their neck. But anyway, you... <laughs> can you do this? Can you take this challenge to forgive as the Lord has said? The Bible says, if the Lord has forgiven you, how much more by him will you also forgive others? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for bringing us together to hear your word and to understand that forgiveness is a part of Christianity. When we signed up to be a Christian, we knew that we were going to have to forgive others, even as you forgave us. You exemplified that on the cross. You said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So, Father, we want to release. In fact, in your mind, think of somebody that you need to forgive, somebody that's hurt you, someone that put a, a dagger in your heart, put pain in you. Release them right now in the name of Jesus.
Release them, release them, release them by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, sweet Jesus. Father, we release them. We release them into your hands, Father. We're not going to let what they've done to us affect us. But we're going to walk in forgiveness, walk in love, even as you did, Lord. So, Father, we know there's health and healing in that in our bodies, in our spirits, in our minds, that we can be free, free to serve you and love you with all of our heart. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we don't try to forgive. We forgive. So if you're here today, you've never accepted the Lord, you haven't invited him into your heart, you can do that right now by a simple confession of faith. Just say, Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. He died on the cross, paid the price for my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life. Come into my heart and guide and direct me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, if you hear and you said, you know what? I haven't been walking in forgiveness. I haven't been walking in the love of the Lord. I haven't even been walking in his ways. I ask you right now to just commit your life and your way to the Lord. So just repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for forgiving me. I ask you, Lord, to guide me again in your way so that you may be glorified in my life. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.